Hey, this is Doug Eccles. We want to welcome you to our podcast, Got Better Things for You. Everybody turn to John 14, if you will. This is a a Pentecost rally, so we're going to talk about things that are Pentecostal. So if you're shocked about that, you probably ought ought to leave now, I guess. Hallelujah. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost tonight. All right, John 14, verse 16. Let's begin there together. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you until next week. How long? Forever. Thank God for the word forever. That means it didn't stop last week, won't stop tomorrow. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Everybody say the comforter is the Holy Ghost. Whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Let's do something tonight. Put your Bible down, grab your neighbor's hand, and I want you to pray very specifically tonight. I don't want you just to pray, Lord, whatever. That sounds real good, but I found that general prayers generally go unanswered. I believe your faith needs to have a target. Faith is what pleases God tonight. So what do you need God to do for you? And and then pray for your neighbor, uh, because I believe according to Ephesians 6 and 8, whatsoever good thing any man doeth the same shall he receive of the Lord. So if you want a weak, wimpy blessing, pray a weak, wimpy prayer. But if you want a strong blessing, pray a strong blessing uh, prayer right now for that person you you're praying with. Everybody pray together. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we come boldly to the throne of grace where we ask for mercy tonight. Lord, if we've ever needed you, we need you in this house. And Lord, if we've ever needed another Pentecost, it's in this hour. Lord, uh, we look at the world and the shape that is in. It is time that we rise up and be the light of the world that you have called us to be. Lord, I pray that there be an explosion of power in this house. Lord, I stir up the gift of the Holy Ghost that's within me. Lord, 
Lord, we declare tonight that any distraction going on in the minds of individuals, we bring every thought into captivity for the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We declare that this is the place of freedom. And Lord, those that have come in needing a healing and needing a miracle, I pray, Lord, that you sent your word to heal tonight. Lord, just as the word goes forth, let there be spontaneous miracles. Let there be a spontaneous move of God in the house that no man receive glory, but that Jesus be lifted up, that all men might be drawn unto him. Lord, we declare tonight that you are Lord, and we ask tonight for the gifts of the Spirit to be in operation that we may profit by their manifestation, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come to glorify your name. Now, lift up your hands and just give God the biggest praise of the day. Somebody glorify the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glorify your name, Lord. Lord, you're good to us tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, before you're seated, I want everybody just to turn and look at the back wall. Turn all the way and look at the back wall. Now, turn back around. And before you're seated, tell two or three people things are really turning around tonight. All right? Amen. Hallelujah. How many believe you ought to have a turnaround when you come to church? Amen. If things are going good, they ought to get better. If things have been going bad, they ought to get good because I find that God is the same. He never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if God is the same and Jesus is the same, then how many believe the Holy Ghost of Acts is still the same? Everywhere you find the Holy Ghost, people had turnarounds. So you've come to the right place tonight. Amen. This is a good place. Hallelujah. I thank God that we can be in one accord. That's unusual, really. You know, a lot of times uh, uh, I go into cities and they have ministerial alliance. And I just find that to be the biggest joke that most people can't align on anything. Thank God we've aligned on the Holy Ghost and Pentecost tonight. Amen. It's a good thing. Well, praise the Lord. Well, you know, I want to read verse number 26 again. It says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost. Everybody say, the comforter is the Holy Ghost. Said, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Now, how many understand that uh, there's absolutely no area in your life that the Holy Spirit cannot give uh, you direction in and guidance in and teach you? You know, we have sometimes limited the Holy Ghost only to be uh, one thing. But I will tell you that the Holy Ghost will help you and teach you all things. So when you're finding yourself stumped at work and they moved you to a different position, you don't understand what you're doing, call on the Holy Spirit. Amen. And then he said he will bring all things to your remembrance. Think about that a little bit. As you get older, you find people say, well, I can't remember. Right? I can't remember. How many think the Holy Ghost can help you remember? My dad uh, has just retired 56 years of pastoring, and, and uh, when he turned 65, now he's 75 now, but when he turned 65, he began to memorize large portions of the Bible, Psalm 91, Matthew 3, Romans 8, and he can quote more scripture now uh, after 65 than he could before he was 65, and he says it's by the Holy Ghost helping him remember. I will tell you, we need to take advantage of the Holy Ghost, amen? I want to look over to John 16, verse 7. 
The Bible says in John 16 in verse 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter, we said the Comforter is the Holy Ghost, will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. Jesus himself said that it would be to your advantage that he goes away, that he would send the Holy Ghost to be a, a guide to you, a help to you. He knew that you were going to need help on this earth to live a successful life. We need the Holy Spirit. We don't need less Holy Ghost in this hour. We need more to help us. And we as Holy Ghost people need to take advantage of of what Jesus said would help us. Somebody say amen to that. I find that many of us are not taking advantage of what Jesus said would profit us and make us better. I find that many times we uh, have put the Holy Ghost back in some room uh, somewhere, but I want to talk tonight just for a little bit on some advantages of the Holy Ghost. And I find uh, that uh, tonight I want to even make it a little bit more clear than that. I believe every born again believer needs the advantage of the baptism of the Holy Holy Ghost in their life with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Are you hearing me? Now, I know that some people don't have a problem until I say with speaking with other tongues. But I will tell you, I find that in many of our churches, not only are we not talking uh, in tongues, but we're not even talking about talking in tongues. Come on now. I'm not ashamed of the Holy Ghost. He drew me to Jesus. And I found that I have overcoming power that I never had uh, in my life when I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It has given me an advantage in this life. And I believe uh, that we need uh, to be filled with the Holy Ghost and speak with other tongues. I find that the disciples speak with other tongues. Mary, the mother of Jesus, she spake with other tongues. And if Mary, the very mother of Jesus, spake with tongues, how much more you and I that have children, we ought to speak with other tongues and take advantage of what Jesus Jesus said would profit us. I think in this generation, many of us are spending all of our time trying to give our kids what we didn't have, and we forget to give them what we did have. Amen. Are you understanding that? See, I will tell you, my dad is 75, and my grandfather was a pastor before that in the German Assemblies of God. And I will tell you, my grandfather didn't leave us any money. My dad will not be leaving us any money. We may owe money. Are you hearing me? But I will tell you something. They left me a heritage that I am thankful for. And it is worth more than money can ever buy. I thank God that they chose to put the power of the Holy Ghost in our uh, our lives, the kids. And now I want that for my children. I don't want my children to grow up and not know about the moving of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't understand how come we are so ashamed of the Holy Ghost in this day. When I was a kid, uh, I will tell you, I may not understand the service. But I knew when the Spirit of God came into church, I knew when it was real, and I knew when it changed life. I saw when people went to the altar and they were transformed by the glory of God, how they came in a drug addict and they left free by the power of God, how they came in as a homosexual and left free by the power of God. It is only by the Spirit these things happen. We need the Holy Spirit in this hour. Somebody say amen tonight. I want us to take advantage of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, some people say, well, I'm all with you until you get to that talking in tongues stuff. Well, I want to tell you something. Do you realize that somebody that spoke in tongues wrote every book of the New Testament? So if you don't want to hang out with tongue-talking people, then you got to do without Matthew through Revelation. Revelation. 
Some of you are thinking about that one, aren't you? Let's look over to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, talking about advantages of the Holy Ghost. Some advantages of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Verse number 21. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that will they not hear me, says the Lord. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. I believe one of the advantages of the baptism of the Holy Ghost is God speaks supernaturally to men. That God speaks supernaturally to men. Understand something today. We realize in John 16 and 13 that the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. Now, I will tell you, there have been times in my life that I needed some direction. I needed guidance. How many know that we need that in this hour that we live? With all the things going on in the world, uh, we need to be led by the Spirit. With terrorism and with all the uh, weirdos and wackos around in this world, how many think it'd be a good to be led by the Spirit where to go and where not to go? But the Holy Ghost will show you things to come. He will speak supernaturally to men. Now, understand, when I use the word men, I'm meaning mankind. We got people today that get all uh, messed up when you read scriptures and it says, you know, he'll pour out his spirit on men or, you know, some word where it's just man. But think about this for a minute. If you get bothered about gender in the Bible, think about this. Men, we are the bride of Christ. And women, you are sons of God. So we're all messed up. So when, it say, when I say men, I'm talking about men, women, teenagers. Are you with me? Children. He said he'll speak supernaturally to men. I was in revival in uh, Chesapeake, Virginia, and I went to there just to have a week of revival, and I ended up staying eight weeks. And every night as I was uh, preparing uh, for service, getting dressed, really, I was already prepared for preaching, but I was getting dressed, ironing my shirt or whatever I was going to do. Uh, I watched a video. I stuck it in every night, the same video, and it was a preacher uh, that uh, is one of my very favorite preachers, and I watched this video every night for eight weeks. Now, I will tell you that eight weeks, I didn't watch it every night the whole way through, but I watched 10 minutes, 15 minutes, however long it took me to get dressed. So after a while, I could tell you what was going to happen on that video before it happened. How many have children? You know, my kids know Disney movies better than Disney. Now, so I got to the point where I began to notice things that I didn't notice the first time or the second time or the third time. And in the middle of this uh, uh, sermon, the, the preacher began to speak in tongues. And after eight weeks of it, I could almost mimic what he was saying. Now, that would not be the Holy Ghost. Everybody say amen to that. But I, uh, because when, you cannot teach somebody to speak in tongues. But I got to the point, he, he kept saying the cu same couple of syllables over and over. And I thought, you know, I, I thought it was like a broken record. And it began to, you know, I'm, I was just thinking about it. I wasn't mad about it, but I just noticed it 
after watching it so long. And I went to a meeting later that year where that brother was preaching and they talked about that video that I had and uh, they said that a missionary had taken it to the very northernmost part of Canada where there was a Indian tribe that had their own dialect, had their own uh, 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 language and uh, the missionary stuck it in the VCR on a Wednesday night and Wednesday night when that man began to preach, when he got to the place he was speaking in tongues and uh, the part that kind of irritated me, I will tell you something, at that part right there, it was in the uh, Native American uh, Indian language that they spoke and it was about repentance and it caused a great revival to break loose in that area. I will tell you, God knows how to supernaturally speak to his people. Some of you think that God cannot speak to my family. I will tell you, God knows how to get a hold of whoever it is tonight, whether it's a Saul on the road to Damascus or whether it is someone else that is so far from God, you think they'll never see the light of day. God knows how to get a hold of his people. Somebody say amen. Go with me to 1 Corinthians 14 and 2. It says, For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Now, I will say one of the advantages of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost is not only do, uh, does God speak supernaturally to men, but men may speak to God supernaturally. See, I have times in revival, you'll get a few people that uh, sometimes want to challenge the evangelist. They say, we don't like uh, you because you speak in tongues too much. Well, I, I, I just give them an answer. I say, when I speak in tongues, number one, I'm not talking to you, so I don't care whether you like it or not, I'm talking to God. Amen? Because I can speak supernaturally to God. And I have found uh, that I need to pray more in the Holy Ghost and, and more often uh, and uh, because I have found it is an advantage I have over other people. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now let's go on down. Verse number four. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. Now, I find that if you speak in an unknown tongue, I believe you'll find something. One of the advantages is that we can edify ourselves. Now, how many know that some of the uh, bookstores in America, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, some of the largest sections they have in those bookstores are the self-help uh, part of the bookstore. Now, there have been times that I needed some help, but I found out I can't help myself. I need the Holy Ghost. And I have found, according to Jude, when I pray in the Holy Ghost, I can build myself up on my most holy faith and pray in the Holy Ghost. So I have found a way to build myself up. See, there are times my wife is not with me today, and uh, many times she'll say nice things to me. She will tell me, you know, that you preach good or you sang good or or something. And we, we like to uh, build each other up, you know. It's called compliments. You know, I taught my little, uh, my sister's daughter, I told her how to give compliments. I told her to tell her grandpa, I said, tell your grandpa he smells better than he used to. <laughs> I'm a good brother, you know. So, so I don't know why I told you that, but I, I was talking about it today at lunch, how I like to give my sister's kids all the ammo against my sister. I love to do it. But we need to edify one another. We live in a day where there are people that will tear you down. 
There are people that need built up. Now understand something. If you turn on your television tonight, there is going to be an infomercial on how to make this flat or the other flat. Right? There's going to be some pill you take, and if you take it for 30 days, you'll lose 20 pounds, or there's going to be something you get on for a minute and squash your body, for if you do that for a week, you're going to get skinnier. How many know there's somebody on there going to do that tonight? Now, have you ever noticed that no one that sells you a product on how to get you in shape looks like me? And why is that? Because you don't buy something from somebody that the product didn't work for. Are you hearing me? Now, understand, we have a lot of people in church say they're filled with the Holy Ghost. But man, if I wanted to have what you had, I'd say no thanks. See, I understand that about 10 or 15 years ago, Tom Trask said that only about half of the people that attend our churches on Sunday morning are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If it was that way 10 or 15 years ago, it's probably worse today. Are you understanding that? And why do I get mad at the people that are not filled with the Holy Ghost? No, I want to say to us that are filled with the Holy Ghost, we must be making what we have not attractive enough to make other people want what we have. If somebody hasn't asked you in a while, I want what you have, then perhaps you need to go to the altar again and get something that somebody would want to have. I know I'm preaching better than you're amening. Come on now. He said that we would edify ourselves. I believe we need to build ourselves up. It's an advantage that we have to build ourselves up. I don't have to have my wife compliment me. She's not here today. I don't have to have somebody else tell me uh, they liked something that I did. I'm telling you, it's an inside job. The Holy Ghost abides in me, and I believe I can stir him up and build myself up. Somebody say amen. All right, let's go on over to Acts chapter 10. In Acts chapter 10, I want to read verse 44. In Acts chapter 10, in verse 44. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Everybody say spontaneous. spontaneous. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word. Now, I'm telling you, he's right in the middle of a three to five minute sermon and the Holy Ghost falls. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter. Now think about this for a moment. When's the last time something spontaneous happened in church? See, some of us came out of churches where we had everything on a menu, where you knew when to kneel, you knew when to do this, you knew when to take communion, you knew all those things. But now we come over to Pentecostal church, we don't have to have a menu, we got the menu memorized. How many ever ate at Cracker Barrel? Now, our family, we eat at Cracker Barrel quite often because you can actually, while you're traveling, get vegetables. Some of our family likes vegetables. I'm not perhaps one of them, but some of our family does. Now, when we stop at Cracker Barrel, I'll see a sign on the highway say, 30 miles, there'll be a Cracker Barrel. I'll tell everybody in the car, I say, get ready, we're stopping at Cracker Barrel in 30 minutes. 
Now, when we get there, we get our menu, the waitress comes over, and I'm just ready to order. Because I've already known for 30 minutes that I'm going to Cracker Barrel. All right? So I kind of get a little irritated with the rest of the family. They've ate there so much, they know the menu. I know what they're going to order before they order it. But it's the same thing in church. Why aren't we having anything spontaneous happen? I was at uh, Pastor Weber's church several years ago, and uh, Brother Milton, uh, he met me in the foyer on a Sunday morning, the brother that we, the offering went to tonight, the new church plan. He met me in the foyer of that church, and he came up and he shook my hand. He said, I am going to get the Holy Ghost in this meeting. <laughs> now, I like those kind of people. I get tired of being around. I hope I get something. I wish I get something. Yeah, I might get something. He said, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost in this meeting. I said, I bet you will. How many think I should have quit betting when I got saved? <laughs> but I'll tell you what happened on Sunday night. Brother Milton, I was about three minutes into my sermon, and there he stood up on the second or third row and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave him utterance. Now, some people would think that's an interruption, but I say, Lord, let there be some Holy Ghost interruptions like that. Amen? I'm not talking tonight just about interrupting the preacher just to be interrupting him. I'm talking about something that is going to help somebody I don't have any problem with. If it's you just trying to get attention, I got a problem. But we can put that back in order in love. But I'm going to tell you something. Why don't we have some things like that happen? It said that they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. I believe one of the advantages of being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost is we magnify God. We enlarge Him. We make Him great. We celebrate Him. There's something about uh, uh, praying in the Holy Ghost. He said, I will pray with my understanding. I will pray with the Spirit. We're long on praying in our understanding and real short on praying in the Spirit. He said, but I will sing with the understanding. We're real long on that and real short on singing with the Spirit. Are we full gospel? We need to magnify God, celebrate Him, enlarge Him, lift Him up. See, when we lift, uh, uh, when we pray in the Holy Ghost, I will tell you something. It ought not be something that bothers people. I will tell you what it will do. It will begin to draw people to Jesus because the Holy Spirit magnifies and testifies of Jesus. I was preaching in South America and uh, took a bunch of Bible college students with me and I preached every night of those meetings on the baptism of the Holy Ghost and we had more people saved uh, than and, uh, they'd seen before. And they said, why is it you preached on the Holy Ghost and people got saved? I said, that's very easy because the Holy Ghost, he always brags on Jesus. He always brags on Jesus. We magnify the Lord. Somebody say amen. John 7 and 37. The word of God says, in the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. How many realize today that Jesus is glorified, so the Holy Ghost is given? He said believers should receive. 
He said it very clearly that believers should receive. There's some people still got this idea. I don't know if it's God's will for me to receive. But when you find Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, he said, for the promise is unto you, your children, and to all that are afar off. That includes you and I right here in this place, Emmanuel tonight. It is God's will for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. He said it's not God's will for you to be drunk with wine, but it's God's will for you to be filled with the Spirit. Do we still believe that? I know what you, I'm going to touch on something here, but I find a, a lot of people want to argue, well, I can have a little bit of alcohol and it won't hurt me. He said, do not be drunk with wine, and I'll take it a lot further. Don't be drunk with wine, Coors, Chivas Regal, Crown Royal, Jack Daniels, Budweiser, Bush, Jose Cuervo. I better stop. You may think I know too many. But he said to be filled with the Spirit. That is the will of God for your life. The 3,000 that day when Peter preached, they did. And uh, the children, there's been millions more, but I'm telling you, billions must. We need to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Speaking in tongues is a sign of the believer. It's a sign of the believer. You say, what am I saying? What does it say in Mark 16 and 15? Go into all the world, preach the gospel. We believe in that, I think. He said, go into all the world, preach the gospel. He said, cast out devils in his name. I don't know if we believe that anymore, but he said, uh, uh, lay hands on the sick and they recover. Sometimes we believe that. But he said, we'll speak with new tongues. It's a sign of the believer. These signs shall follow them that believe. They will speak with new tongues. It's a sign of the believer. How many understand what I'm saying? I find that sometimes we get around people and they have had a mindset where they don't know whether it's the will of God or not for them. But you must receive the Spirit by faith. According to Galatians 3 and 2, you receive the Spirit by faith. Galatians 3 and 14, you receive the Spirit by faith. If you receive salvation by faith, you must receive the Holy Spirit by faith. How many believe you're saved by faith? Why is it when we got saved by faith, we got up out of our seat and walked to the altar to get saved or prayed with the television or radio preacher or at least prayed with our friend or at the very least called upon the name of the Lord. But when it comes to the Holy Ghost, we say, well, if he wants me to receive, I'll receive. He said, if any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. I find there's a lot of dehydrated Christians and their electrolytes are running low. That's right. You're going to have to have a thirst. You're going to have to have a want to. You're going to have to have a determination. Come on now. All right, go with me now over to 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 22. It says, Wherefore, tongues are for a sign. Not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. But prophesying serves not for them that believe not, but for them which believe. Now, think about this for a moment. Tongues is a sign of the believer, but you'll find that speaking in tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. And now we have church where we don't want to speak in tongues at all. But the Word of God very clearly says speaking in tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. I'll just let you think about that one. I'm not going to stir up anything too much. I'm smiling. 
But speaking in tongues is a sign of the believer. But now we find speaking in tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Now, I've told this story. It's my favorite story. I've got to tell it tonight, okay? You've heard it before. I have a sister that's eight years older than me. And uh, my dad was pastoring in Kansas City. And I worked for my dad for about seven, eight years as his associate. And uh, we had a special service one night where we had a, a guest singer and preacher kind of in. And, and uh, my sister is a school teacher. And she invited one of her school teacher friends to the meeting that night. Now, her friend was not Pentecostal, but she was saved. All right, and uh, after the service, they did the Pentecostal thing. They went out to eat. <laughs> How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Well, they decided to go to Perkins' house of pancakes and prophecy. <laughs> you have those here? You know what I'm talking about, right? Some of you are looking at me, why are you calling that? Well, every, this particular Perkins, every time I went in the door, somebody come up to me and say, the Lord told me that you're going to have the worst year financially you ever had. And I'd look him in the eyes and say, liar, liar, pants on fire. My wife and I have so much, we'll reap much. Amen. Now, I don't despise prophesying. Are you understanding that? I just despise nutty prophets. <laughs> Self-appointed, all right? It's okay, don't get mad at me. I believe in prophecy. But anyway, but I, a lot of people will give you a word at Perkins, won't give you one in church because they don't want it to be judged. You know, they know at Perkins, nobody's going to come out, you know, the chef's not going to come out and go, false prophecy. But they get some guts, you know, when they're away from church. All right. I'm messing, I'm messing around way too much, I see it. But they went to Perkins' house of pancakes all right, after church. And they sat down. You, now, you got to understand, i got to give you a, an illustration of what my sister looks like. My sister, I have two sisters, but my one sister is about 5'2", and I call her queen size, okay? Are you getting that picture? <laughs> you got to get that picture, all right? You know I have not been to sensitivity training, all right? <laughs> so, her friend... My sister's name is Debbie, queen size. Her friend, Vicky, who came to church with her, is about my height and weighs about 100 more pounds than me, a big girl. So you got queen size and big girl. All right? They sat down in a booth in Perkins that was bolted to the wall. It did not move. Do you understand that? You couldn't scoot it back. It was bolted to the wall. All right? You're getting the picture. You got to get this picture or you don't get the story. So they sat down and they ordered. After they ordered, my sister had her back toward the door. Her friend Vicky was facing the door. Vicky looked at my sister Debbie and said, Debbie, don't look. How many know the first thing you do when somebody tells you not to? So my, Vicky gets a real concerned look on her face. She, she points her finger at Debbie. She said, Debbie, don't look. I told you not to look. 
Now Debbie feels like something's going on. She understands that she's very alarmed. She said, Vicki, what's the problem? She said, there's four men that have come into Perkins and they have stocking caps over their head with guns in their hand. One's at the emergency exit. One's at the main exit. One is at the cash register taking money out of the cash register. And the other one is going around to every booth and table and taking people's wallet, pocketbook, rings, watches, and purse. Vicky looks at my sister and says, Debbie, slide under the table. I said, Debbie, what'd you do? She said, I slid under the table. I said, what did Vicky do? She said, she slid under the table with me. I said, it must have been a greater miracle than the Red Sea party. It must have been the oil of the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I think some of you get in the picture. I see that. So I said, Debbie, what'd you do when you got under the table? She said, I began to pray. I said, how'd you pray? Now, my sister's not real bold. She said, I began to pray loud in the Holy Ghost. I said, now, Vicky doesn't even believe in praying in the Holy Ghost. What was Vicky doing while you're praying in the Holy Ghost? She said, Vicky was hitting me on the back going, Debbie, pray, Debbie, pray, Debbie, pray. She said those men got one booth away from theirs. And whether they saw an angel or whether it was time to go or, or they were alarmed or whatever, I don't know what it was, but they left as fast as they came in and nobody in that building was hurt and people began to come over to my sister and say, we heard you praying over there. We believe that you saved our life. Uh, it's a sign to the unbeliever. A man came over, said, I'm a backslidden preacher. When I heard you praying in the Holy Ghost, I gave my heart back to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you that we ought to realize that we have been given an advantage in situations that other people know nothing about and we ought to share it with others and we ought not be ashamed of the Holy Ghost tonight. Some years later, I saw Vicki and Vicki said, you know, I told your dad, but I don't think I ever told you. She said, when Debbie was praying under the table, she said, I was sticking my head out to see what was happening. I'd stick it out a little bit under the table. She said, every time I would stick my head out of that booth, she said, I would feel an intense heat around that booth. She said to me, have you ever read in Zechariah that he is a wall of fire about you? I thank God for the advantage of the Holy Ghost. I thank God for the advantage of the Holy Ghost. He said, he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Holy Ghost. Advantage. All right. I want you to go with me now. Verse number 5 of 1 Corinthians 14. I'm coming down to a close. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied. For greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. The first words out of Paul's mouth, he said, I would that you all spake with tongues. I believe the Apostle Paul desired that all would speak with tongues. He boasted. And he said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Now think about that a little bit. 
We today don't want to pray very long in the Holy Ghost because we might offend somebody. But I'm telling you, we ought to urge each other on when we walk in. How many hours you pray in the Holy Ghost this week? How many hours you pray in the Holy Ghost? You know, I think competition's pretty good. I think he was trying to urge people on. We have a very competitive family. I'm telling you, my little nephew was in the basement playing Candyland with my dad and my sister. He comes up the steps crying and saying to my mom, she's the only compassionate one. She says, uh, uh, oh, you know, she's hugging my little nephew and he's crying. He's saying, they beat me in Candyland. My dad and sister come up and say, we won at Candyland. <laughs> so I believe in competition, you know. My kids were playing soccer in the little YMCA soccer, you know, and they, they don't believe in keeping score because it might hurt somebody's feelings, you know. And I'm over there with a pad, and I'm writing down the, the score, you know, and somebody comes up, you can't do that. I said, yes, I can. If we don't keep score, it's called practice. <laughs> I think we ought to urge each other to pray more often in the Holy Ghost. I think we ought to urge each other to pray more often in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says when we pray in the Spirit, we pray according to the will of God every time. There are times when my natural mind uh, does not uh, comprehend the situation. I do not know how to pray, but when I pray in the Spirit, I pray the will of God every time. I think we ought to pray more often in the Holy Ghost. All right, go on here. I believe today, I want to read Acts 1 and 8. And I'm going to close with this. I believe that the Holy Ghost was given to our advantage, not just so that we could speak with tongues, but that we might have power. That we might have power. I know we've talked a lot about speaking in tongues, but I believe we need power. We need power. I, I, I know there's an old-time minister. He used to come to our church, and i say, what you preaching on? He'd say, power, power, power. Pretty good idea. If you get a poem in 20 minutes, that'd be a good sermon for some of us. Power in the blood. How many believe in that? But there's power in the Holy Ghost. Amen. We need the power of God. Acts 1.8 says, but you'll receive power. Everybody say after. after. The Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem, all Judea, Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth. After the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you'll be a witness. After, not before, but after. Power. Folks, I'm talking about overcoming power. I'm talking about sin-killing power. I'm talking about power to witness. I'm talking about power to live a holy life. That's the kind of power. I grew up in church. I went to youth camp. I went to youth convention. I went to these things. I went to revival. Got prayed for so much, I ought to be bald. But I will tell you, I don't know what happened to me growing up. We, I was in a Holy Ghost church and did not receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost until I was 19 and began preaching about three months after that. But I will tell you something. I would go to youth camp. I'd go to revival. I'd go to some great Sunday night service. You know, in those days, we had weak Sunday morning services. Just thought I'd tell you. It was hurry and be out by noon, you know. And if we didn't get out by noon, somebody got mad, you know. (laughs) 
But I get in those services and dedicate my life to the Lord. I dedicated my life so many times and I, I sought after the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now I found out how easy he was to receive later. It was my, I was the problem. I was not cooperating with God. I just had this weird idea and I won't even tell you what my weird idea was. But I will tell you, when I got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, before I could live for God two weeks and two weeks is about all I could make it. I served God for about a couple of weeks and then I couldn't serve. I, it seemed like I'd fall uh, into things and everything I, was wrong, I did it. Then I'd get back to God and I, I'd try to serve God again, get, seek after the Holy Spirit. But when I turned 19, I got uh, dedicated my life to the Lord and got filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And I will tell you, I found that overcoming power that I never found before. I will tell you, I'm 43 years old and I have preached the gospel around the world and I have found overcoming power. I found that still temptation lurks everywhere, but I'm telling you, there's overcoming power by the power of the Holy Ghost. And in this day, with all the goofy stuff in our world, our nation, in our country, I'm telling you, we need some overcoming power in the church. Power. He said, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. I want to close with this story. I wasn't planning on it, but I'm going to. I'm not going to run any more PowerPoint. I got more to preach, but I stop. I was preaching in Pakistan. And I have preached many, many times in Pakistan. I love Islamic people. Why do I love Islamic people? Because God loves them. I hate the Islamic religion. I will tell you that. Because it puts people in bondage. And I have found that it's so easy to win people to Jesus in some of the Muslim countries that it, my children that are 7, 10, and 18, if they just repeat what daddy says, they'd have thousands come to the Lord Jesus Christ because the truth sets people free. Hallelujah. In Pakistan alone, we've seen more than 150,000 people come to the Lord Jesus Christ in mass evangelism crusades. They came for healing, and by the way, they got Jesus. You know, healing's the dinner bell for the gospel. It calls people to Jesus. But let me just tell you something. I was preaching in Quetta. Quetta is right on the border of Afghanistan. I had been there in crusades before, and I came back, and we had rented the soccer stadium there, and we had gathered a crowd together, and uh, people were coming to Jesus. But a man came up to me in that meeting. He came up on the platform, and he had a crooked stick. And he was walking crippled. He's about 20, 21 years of age. And he said, would you pray for me? He said, I'm crippled. I need your prayer. He said, but I want to tell you how I became crippled. He told me something. I noticed he was from Afghanistan. At that time, Quetta is so close to Afghanistan that the Taliban had caused people to dress a little different. The Pakistanis and the Afghani people, I think they look alike, okay? If you're Afghani and Pakistani and you don't think they do, that's okay. But to me, they did. But you could tell by the way they dressed different where they came from. The strictness of the Taliban caused these people to dress a lot stricter. And this man had walked across the border from Afghanistan to hear the gospel, a country that was completely closed to the gospel. This gospel of the kingdom is going to the whole world. The end is very near. He told me, he said, I am from Afghanistan. He said, can you get me a Bible that I can read? We had Bibles in the Urdu language, the main language of the Pakistani people. But I said, if you'll come tomorrow, I'll have you a Bible that you can read. 
He asked me to pray. He said, but I want to tell you why I'm crippled. He said something to me. He said, my dad, my father was a Christian. He said, military men came to our door and about knocked the door down and held a gun to my father's head. They knew we were Christian. And he said, where's your Bible? He said, my dad would not tell those military men with their AK-47. He said, they wouldn't tell where the Bible was and they shot my father in front of my eyes. He said, I was just a little boy. He said, they turned the gun to my older brother and asked him where the Bible was. My brother would not tell. And they killed my older brother in front of my eyes. I was just a little boy. They turned those guns around and began to beat me with the blunt end of them. He said, I'm crippled today because they wanted me to remember what happened to my father and my brother. He said something to me I'll never forget. He said, my father and my brother didn't die for nothing. Can you get me a Bible that I can read? He said, you'll receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. The word witness there is the Greek word martis. We get our English word martyr from it. What Jesus actually says, but after you receive the Holy Ghost, you'll give your life for me. You'll give your life for me. I'm not necessarily talking about dying. I'm talking about living for him. But our family's made up our mind, living or dying, we're doing it for him. I wonder tonight how many say, oh, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, but are we really giving our life for him? People are paying the price. We need to take advantage of what is ours. Why don't you stand to your feet in this place? Oh, thank you, Jesus. I want every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. Please honor that, if you will. Before we do anything else tonight, I want you to hear me. The Bible says in Hebrews 9 and 27, it says you're going to have an appointment one day. And that appointment you'll be right on time for. Some of you are late for the doctor, you're late for school, you're late for church, you're late for everything. But the appointment I'm talking about, you'll be right on time for. He said, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. The question I want to ask tonight is this. If it was your appointed time, you had to stand before God. The question is, would you be ready? Would you be ready? Do you know you're ready? Beyond a shadow of a doubt, are you 100% sure you're ready? Because I believe if you're 99% sure, then you're not saved. First John 5 and 13 says you can know you have eternal life. Romans 8 says you can know you're a child of God. Luke 10 says you can know your name is written in heaven. I want to ask tonight a very simple question. Are you ready to meet God? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed, no one looking around. You say, preacher, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, I am positive 100% I'm ready to meet God. If that's you, would you lift up your hand and hold it up in the air? Heads still bowed, eyes closed. Leave it up if you know you're ready tonight. If you're not sure, don't raise your hand. It's okay. 
All right, you can put your hands down. Now, what I saw tonight is this. It's something that God already knew. He knows those that are his. Some of you could not raise your hand for various reasons. I'm not asking what church you attend, why you're not ready. But I'm asking in this building tonight, if you're not sure you're ready to meet God in this building for whatever reason, I ask you to come and stand here facing me right now. Don't hesitate a second. Come right now. Come on. You say, I'm not sure I'm ready to meet God. I couldn't raise my hand. I need a fresh start, a new beginning. Would you come stand with me right here? Come on. Just excuse yourself out of the seat. Other people will follow you. Come on. I'm not asking about yesterday. I'm not asking about someday before. I'm talking about right now. People are coming. You join them. Come on. I honor these people for coming quickly. These young men. Come on, are there others that say, I'm not sure I'm ready to meet God and I need your prayer tonight. I'm not asking you to know how to pray. I'll help you pray if you'll come. Are there others? There are people in every section. You say, well, what would my wife think? Wouldn't you think that your wife would be much happier you coming to this altar than you splitting hell wide open? What would my family think? What would my preacher think? You know what? When you stand before God, it won't matter what your friends, family, neighbors, uh, it won't matter what they think. It'll be you and God. I'm giving you about 30 more seconds. We've got uh, seven people here. Why don't you come as well? Come on. All you're saying is I need a fresh start, a new beginning. I'm not sure I'm ready to meet God. Come on. 25 seconds and we're going on. Devil, you're a liar. In the name of Jesus, take your hands off. There's a, there's a son, there's a daughter here. You need to respond to this right now. In the name of Jesus. 15 seconds, come on, right now. In the name of Jesus. Some of you begin to intercede. This is what we came for right here. Lord, we glorify your name. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. People repented. Someone else. Ten seconds, we're going on. Devil, you're a liar in the name of Jesus. Someone else, get some guts. He said, he that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. See, somebody's thinking, well, I'll go home and pray. Well, that's no doubt you can pray at home, but it's the devil's lie to get you out of this place of freedom. There's freedom here right now. Anyone else, while I'm talking, you come. I'm going to ask everyone that's already come just to step up a little further because we're going to fill this altar with people. Will you come? Just come a little closer. Eyes are closed in the seats. For those of you that are right here, just open your eyes and walk forward. Just give me enough room to pray for you in a moment. I want to ask another thing tonight. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. You say, preacher... I'm ready to meet God. I am a believer. I am saved. My life is right with God. Everything, I, I, I know I'm right with God. But I want to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I want to take advantage of what Jesus said would profit me. If that's you, join me right here at this altar very quickly. Come on, out of your seat right now. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I've never been filled before. I want to be tonight. If that's you, join me here at this altar. I want to take advantage of what Jesus said would profit me.
Hallelujah. Somebody glorify the Lord in this place. Somebody be obedient to God. Come on, you want to be filled with the Spirit? Come on, right now. I've never been filled with the Spirit, but I want to be tonight. I need that overcoming power. I need that sin-killing power. I need it in my life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. I want you to listen to me. Heads are still bowed, eyes are closed. Don't anybody be nervous that's standing here. I'm going to pray with you. There's still others coming. We talked about Acts 1-8. You'll give your life for me. How many in this building would say, Preacher, I've received the Holy Ghost, but I I want to give my life for Him like I've never done before in my life. I want to give my life to, to Him like I never have before. If that's you, join me right here in this altar. Come on. Pastors that are here, come around this front side. You're going to help me pray in a moment, if you will. Lord, we glorify Your name. Hallelujah. Patrick, if you can come on up here. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. All you're saying by coming right now is, I want to give my life for him like I never had before. I'm not talking about yesterday. I'm talking about now. There's room on the ends here. There's plenty of room on the ends. We're going to pray together in just one moment. We're just waiting for people to come. I want you to listen to me. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 2 and 8, I will that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. I want you to lift up that right hand saying, I'm not mad at God right now. Lift up that left hand saying, you're here in faith. Everybody in this building, do it in one accord. We're going to pray together. And I want you to lift up your hands. We're going to pray the Bible way with hands lifted up tonight. It's a sign of surrender to God. I want you to pray this prayer with me. There's some people unsure of their eternity. They're not sure. They're ready to meet God. They needed a fresh start, a new beginning. Let's help them pray. Everybody pray bold enough where two or three people can hear you. Repeat this prayer after me right now. Everybody help everybody pray right now. Say this with me now. Dear God in heaven, I need a fresh start. I need a new beginning. I want to be ready to meet you. I ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart. I don't want to ever be the same from this day forward. I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for me. He shed His blood for me. And that blood is cleansing me now from every sin. I believe Jesus rose from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is making me alive. I am alive to God. I am dead to sin. I boldly confess with my mouth Jesus Christ is my Lord.
Sin is not my Lord. Satan is not my Lord. The things of this world are not my Lord. But Jesus Christ is my Lord. I will never be the same. I will serve you, Lord Jesus, all the days of my life. I give my life to you. A living sacrifice. I'm yours, Lord. Now somebody just glorify and magnify his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Just wait a second. Hallelujah, come that on my high. In the name of somebody glorify the name of the Lord.